In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. Today, we're watching Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, a 2010 film starring Michael Sarah as Scott and Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers. It's about love, music, martial arts, and video games, really everything you need for a wonderful romance. But somehow, <laughs> I've never actually seen it. And we, we've talked about this on, on occasion before, the fact that, uh, how would you describe your, your knowledge of video games, Emily? Um... Somewhere between implausibly limited and non-existent. Okay, so yeah, this might this was gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, I grew up I grew up without any video games at all, um, except like I guess I had The Sims on my computer in middle school. That's about it. That's a video game. Um, that's okay, that but there counts. was yeah, we never had any console, never any Game Boys, um, and so I never really got into it. You know, in college, my friends would sometimes have, like, they, my friends had, like, an old N64, and so we would play, like, Mario Kart, um, and I'm really bad at it. But um, that's that's about the extent of it. And also, like, you know, as I've said before in, in these conversations, I'm a human being in the 21st century with the internet. You know, I read... I read Cracked and and you know other sites like that. So like I have I have some working familiarity with like some things from video games, but okay, you know I recognize the names of them sometimes. So the yeah this movie is um, unlike say Wreck It Ralph, which was the Disney film where they actually brought in real video game characters. I don't think yeah maybe actually knowing characters or knowing specific games um, that might not actually help you for for the, for this one. It's good because that's a skill that I don't have. Yeah, so I, I, I really love uh, Scott Pilgrim, not just because it's um, the director's Edgar Wright, who directed some of my favorite comedies, and the writing, I think, is really great, but um, but it's sort of, there's a lot about sort of video game culture, almost, and so I'm, I'm really curious to see what you think as someone who doesn't play a lot of games, you know, see how you react to, to that stuff. So it's basically um, set in a foreign country. <laughs> something like that. Interesting. So yeah, so we are going to watch that. And then we're going to come back and see see what you thought. All right. Happy re-watching. They are Sex Bob-omb, and I'm still Eric. You should know that the rest of this episode is full of spoilers for Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. So if you haven't seen it, you should pause this and go watch it now. You can pay to rent it from iTunes, Google, Voodoo, YouTube, or Sony. Or just buy it on DVD or Blu-ray like an old fogey. Okay, now on to the discussion. And we're back. We just watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And uh, Emily, I gotta say, I, I lesbians this movie. It is, it is one of those ones I just keep on going back to over and over again. I'm really curious to hear what you thought, but kind of first off, in, in spirit of tradition, just picking out one thing that I love most, uh, one of my favorite things about the movie, um, is it has to be sort of the way they actually managed to make it a musical without it really being a musical. 
Um, you have this, like I said at the start, you know, it's a movie that's all about, you know, it's not just video games, it's also music and, and martial arts uh, and love. All the things. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things where um, you have music throughout and you have these fights throughout and it's... I was I was just looking at the at the IMDb page, so maybe this is why it's stuck in my head. But supposedly part of the intent was let's you know have fights where there would normally be songs, and then of course a lot of the fights are songs, including a bass battle. We are Sex Bobos, and we're here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff. This is the beginning of the song. Yes, including a bass battle. And I, I just I just like the fact that it feels like every time something one of those big scenes happens, it just it feels like a like something different is the thing. It, the movie always keeps keeps viewers on their toes, even even though I've seen it now three times. Like there's still stuff that like sort of surprised me about it, which I which I just love about Edgar Wright's films. Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't notice the thing you're saying about it being a musical. Necessarily. I'm, I'm not phrasing um, that right. Yeah, it's, but I'm, I mean, yeah. It, but yeah, I mean, like the the music and the band were a cool part of it. And I do, I agree. I like the, um, I like the, the differences in all the, the different, like, you know, each, each axe that he battled had like a different sort of superpower kind of thing. Right. Like each of them was um, like, different. Was and cool. it, it could have gotten really a different old style fast of fight, yeah. is, is the thing. Like a lot, of, a lot of fighting movies. I guess that's really what, what I'm getting at. It's just like with a lot of movies where, where, where there is a lot of fighting going on, where there's a bunch of, um, you know, staccato battles like there are in this one, um, yeah, like you watch a kung fu movie and it's all the same fight over and over again. Exactly, and like although you can appreciate the craft of kung fu, at a certain point it's like, ugh, this again. They're still punching. Okay, so um, that's just something I. That's one of many things I love about this movie. What did you think? Okay, um, I really like the uh, the style and the visuals of it. I guess like kind of the video gameness, like. I really like the um the like and it's also like a little bit comic booky like It's based the, on a graphic novel series. The, I forgot oh, to mention that before. Is. Yeah. There it is. Um so I like the like the lightning bolts that come out of the the band when they're playing music and like every time the phone rings it goes like ring across the screen. Sorry, you can't see me gesturing with my hand. This is great for podcasts. She, she's waving her hand across the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm waving my my hand in a diagonal motion because that's uh, the word "ring" comes up on the screen, right. you know, across. Like that was that was really cool, and like I I really liked like the l- little silly things. Like he, um, they were I don't know what they were out doing, and like he was like I I have to go to the bathroom, and he went to the bathroom, and there was like a pee bar, and it like it like it diminished. I was just like, all right, like this is cool. Like he's the whole thing is like video game conceptualized, I guess. Right. That's sort of yeah, like, like an energy I, bar. What I imagine video games. No, no, no. Like. You're 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 quite right. Yeah. Now I forgot to m- mention uh, before when uh, yeah. So this is based on a series of graphic novels ca- called Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, um, and I think it's six novels by Brian Lee O'Malley. And the whole idea. Oh, by the way, obviously spoilers for for all this, as is our usual. Oh yeah, sorry guys. Um, there are spoilers. So uh, yeah, the whole idea, of, like the League of uh, Seven Evil Exes, was uh, again. I'm getting this from IMDb, the source of all all human knowledge. Also Wikipedia. That, that Wikipedia too. is another good source of of human knowledge. The idea for the League of Seven Evil Exes was from the comic book writer Brian Lee O'Malley from when he was dating his future wife. Apparently, she had dated before him three guys named Matthew. And so he created in his head the, the League of Evil Matthews. And then that's why the first X that Scott fights is Matthew Patel. Mr. Pilgrim! It is I, 
Matthew Patel. Uh, cause he, he was, you know, he, he was the first, the first, the first, like, one to be overcome. Um, and yeah, I actually haven't read the graphic novels. It's kind of been on my list for a while, but I, I saw this movie first back when it came out in theaters. And yeah, I just never got around to, to reading the books. So maybe that'll be next. Perhaps. Um, so then my, I kind of, I really kind of only have like two main comments. That was the first one. And then the second is, um, I actually, I found it really hard to root for Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, because he's pretty shitty. Yeah. Uh, and I also, also found it really difficult to sympathize with Ramona at like the points that I felt like I was supposed to do that because I don't feel like, um, she like wasn't a person like we never really got to know her and neither did Scott. So like, uh, so like I found myself unable to root for them being together, unable to root for him as some kind of hero because he was kind of the worst (laughs) and unable to care about her. So I was kind of like, you know, it was like, um, the movie looked really cool. And there was like a lot of like little background things that were like neat little details that were cool. Um, but like overall, I was like, I wasn't that invested in it. I have to say, I, I don't disagree with you. I couldn't, I couldn't get into the characters. So I couldn't, I like, I was just wasn't particularly invested in the movie. The the weird thing is like, I, I don't disagree with you about the characters. Like I do think Scott is really shitty and Ramona is just kind of a slight, very slight subversion of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, sort of. She just kind of shows up out of nowhere. She's kind of like a depressive Pixie Dream Girl, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, um, yeah, no, it's not something that, for whatever reason, it, it's kind of hard to, hard to explain, but yeah, it's one of those things, one of those movies where I actually, where those things would bother me in other movies, but for what, whatever reason about this one, I think maybe because of sort of the element of, just the whole thematic element of, of the game. And um, if you think about, again, this is something where I was kind of thinking about sort of the culture of, of video gaming and the experience of having played a lot of video games over the years. Um, very often in games, the character you play as, I mean, this has changed a little bit with more modern games, but for most of these games history, right? The main character doesn't have a, have a character, really. It's just a person who runs and jumps and shoots or kicks or whatever. And, you know, and, and the villains, oh, well, they're the villains because if you touch them, you die. I mean, there's sort of, there's a lot of gaps in the narrative logic of games. Yeah, no one is, no one is a character beyond those little boxes that popped up next to each character that was like, this person, age, right. has issues. And like, I think that was, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just being overly generous, but I feel like that was partly intentional, sort of these It probably was. Underdeveloped <laughs> characters, even though it makes for an unusual movie, for whatever reason, I just, it just, in my head, it just, this movie works in spite of in spite of those very clear I, what I would agree are flaws about about the the characters. I mean, it was it was fun. I just like I said, I I couldn't get um, invested. I couldn't get invested in it. Yeah, and I also felt like um, some of the the non character characterizations, if that makes sense. So like the characters were all like fairly one dimensional. The background people, everybody was, and some of the some of them were fun and amusing, and like also some of them seemed to me like unnecessarily um problematic like what um like the uh the roommate okay for instance Wallace. 98 percent of right wallace 98 percent of his character was that he was gay hey mavs 
This is my cool gay roommate, Wallace Wells. Hi. He's gay. Oh, do you want to know who my class is gay? Yes, does he wear glasses? Wallace, you go now. Be gone. Which, like, okay, again, uh, you know, we're, we're doing, like, super, super scratch-the-surface characterizations of these people. But, like, the whole thing was just that he kept, like, hooking up with people. And at one point, he was he was giving Scott a hard time about, uh, about uh, cheating on his girlfriend with Ramona, on cheating on Knives with Ramona. Um, and Scott was like, really? Because Wallace had just, like, slept with his sister's boyfriend or whatever he had done and he was like i didn't make up the gay rule book you got a problem with it stop take it up with liberace's ghost and i was like really yeah that's, that's... none of that is necessary i agree none of that is a necessary thing and like i felt the same way about knives she was just like like oh lord okay she's a she's an a, a young asian schoolgirl, and i mean people made fun of scott for this in the movie for how stereotypical that was but she was so like it was like they were trying to make her not a person and i was just like Oh, I feel so icky about this. <laughs> I just feel so icky about this. Yeah, no, I again, I don't, I don't disagree on on that. Um, and I guess the other thing, one, one of my my biggest problems with the movie is sort of the whole idea of like agency, right? Of sort of this idea that this great thematic idea of okay, like a video game, he's battling these seven bosses, he's working his way up. Then when you get, especially when you get to Gideon at the end, and Ramon reveals like, oh yeah, the reason I love him is that I have a chip, he put a chip in the back of my head. It's this way of getting into my head. Well, that's legitimately disappointing. I really will leave you alone forever now. No, I mean, he literally has a way of getting into my head. That is evil. That's I... extremely problematic. I, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was, I was actually like, when he died and then they like met in that like uh Harry Potter death style like after death scene um it started to look like like she was like going to end up like the movie it started to look like the movie was going to end with her having agency being like look man i'm sorry but i'm in love with him so and then there was the chip, and I literally like I I can't even I wrote such angry things. Yeah, I mean that that's I wrote, definitely. I, I was just like, no, why? I literally wrote. I I could show it to you. It says, "Ugh, just when I thought she had agency after all, mind control chip?" <laughs> question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation yeah, point. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, it, it's it's one yeah. of these things where um again maybe it's something they felt like I don't know just the idea that. The, he's building and building and building and getting to this point. I, I think I would have appreciated the end. I think with the end, he might have actually been stronger if he had wound up with Knives. If, like, there had been sort of... I absolutely agree. You know... I was disappointed that Knives, after all of this time of, like, again, not being a person, then she was like... You've been fighting for her all along. But what about you? I'll be fine. Stop being a projection, Knives. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been, I actually, if he had ended up with knives at the end of the movie, like, it probably would have redeemed a lot of the stuff that I just complained about. Yeah. Like, I would not, I would not have had a, an issue with it as much as, as I do. I, I mean, he does grow, he does, like, realize from his past mistakes that he shouldn't have cheated. I mean, when he, he, he grabs the extra life and then he comes back, he's able to, thank, thanks to that nice bit of Deus Ex Machina, is able to, uh, you know correct for some of his dickishness that doesn't make him right. not a dick but you know <laughs> no yeah 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 definitely it. 
realization realization definitely mitigates dickishness. Yeah. I agree. Um, Self-awareness mitigates dickishness. But yeah, no, that's one of the things that, um, that that's probably my personal, my, my I'd, I'd say the only real big problem I have with the movie is, is that that whole thing with the chip is just that, that that's icky. Um, it is. But other than that, though, like, what, what did you think of sort of the... On a, well, I have a completely unrelated yeah, go offhand it. comment was like when, uh, when... Anne showed up. I was like, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Mae Whitman. I was like, George Michael and Anne, yay, reunion. And definitely much more memorable, much more memorable than her. her? Egg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, I didn't recognize her oh. when I saw it in theaters, but that, that's such a great thing. And also, the movie is full of just, like, all these great, like, comedic actors. Oh, there's actors. so many great people Aubrey Plaza, who, when I saw the movie, I didn't know who she was, and now it's like, oh my god, it's April Ludgate. Uh, you know, it's, uh, and then also Chris Evans doing his best Hugh oh Jackman. Oh my god, Chris Evans, Chris Evans as, like, as Hugh Jackman. As, like, <laughs> Is he supposed to be Hugh Jackman? It, it seemed he reminded a lot... me of like Steven Seagal. It's probably it, halfway between the, the two. He's supposed to be the facial hair. The facial hair is pretty Hugh Jackman and Wolverine, I guess. And, and the voice, he he definitely had the Wolverine voice of just like. Ugh. The only thing keeping me and her apart is the two minutes it's gonna take to kick your ass. Can I have your Can I have your autograph, please? What's up? How's life? He seems nice. I thought he sounded like Putty from Seinfeld. Oh yeah. I'll tell you what's stupid. You, stupid. Oh, that is really mature. Yeah, so are you. Okay, that, that, that too, maybe, yeah. But whatever that character is, he's hilarious. I know, awesome. I loved that. Um, and then there's a bunch of other uh, famous people, too. There's, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy who plays Gideon is... Um, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman, right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw him in the opening credits, and I was like, woohoo! Like, actually, I mean, yeah, the list of people, and Allison Pill, the drummer in the band. Okay. I also would have been, I also would have been happier if he had realized a little bit better. I mean, yeah. he kind of realized. He apologized, what a, but. What an yeah. ass he was to her. Yeah. Um, But when, uh, actually, in the, in the like, post-death dream sequence thing, post-death right. number one dream sequence thing, when um, Ramona was like, maybe I'm not the one you should have been fighting for all along. I was actually, at that moment, I was hoping that she meant, was it Kim? Kim was the drummer, yeah. The drummer? Yeah, because yeah, that would make more sense. Because, like, I mean, Kim was also a one-dimensional character. But, like, they've known each other for a long time. And mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time together. And, like, he actually knows her as opposed to her just being, like, a weird walking male fantasy. Right. Like, Anyway, yeah. Although, I mean, badass drummer trick is also a walking male fantasy. So yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she's Allison Pill from the newsroom. Okay, I haven't. Yeah. I was excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen seen one episode of that. Um, and then she's in the first episode. Yeah, and it, it didn't make an impression. It did not like the newsroom. Um. Anyway, uh, and then nose wrinkle. All the all those music cameos as well. Um, you have uh all, all the sex bob music is Beck. Um, and then, uh, oh. Clash at Demon Head, their song, uh, which I actually, like, wound up, wound up buying the song because I liked it so much. The one that, the one they play, yeah, the Hello Again. Yeah, friend of a friend, I knew you were. That's metric. Um, and so they, they did the, the oh, not. Oh, I thought that. Yep. So <laughs> That's was, Emily Haynes Was singing. that Emily, I was gonna say, it was Emily Haynes. Okay, I thought It was not her that on that stage. That was a different, it was an actress no, on know, stage. No, I know, no, no, no. Yeah. I know it wasn't her on stage, but I was like, I know this voice. Yeah, that, that was metric. I know was metric. this voice. I know, okay. And then, so it was metric. And then I'm Crashing the Boys, that... the, uh, the the band from the, the Battle of the Bands who have like the two second emo song. 
This song is called I Am So Sad. I am so very, very sad. Goes a little something like this. Thank you. That's a broken social scene. Cool. I um I'm actually surprised. I liked uh I liked the Sex Bomb music a lot better than I usually like Beck. Yeah. So that kind of surprises me that that's that that was Beck. Yeah. He also but, wrote the uh, the Ramona song that Scott Scott writes for for Ramona, um, which is like not a song, which again <laughs> perfectly encapsulates Beck. Like, <laughs> no, I was actually gonna say. Scott's relationship with Ramona where he doesn't actually know her. Right, like, this is her name. Usually, usually when like the cheesy guy writes his cheesy song with his acoustic guitar, it's like something about like the color of your hair and oh, it, that's a separate yeah. issue. <laughs> Maybe hard with, to do with, with this with this. Right, but um but you know, something you, oh like, oh, your beautiful big brown eyes and I love the way you laugh or whatever. And like literally the only thing he could say about her was like Ramona, Ramona, Ramona. Right. No, I was also kind of pissed when she came in with blue hair and he was like, Oh, she didn't consult me. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> I was like, dude, first of all, you don't get a say. Second of all, did you love her because of her pink hair? Like, was that the only thing? Because yeah. you were, he was so upset about the blue hair. Yeah. It's like weird. Uh, okay. So, anyway. devil's advocate to the whole stuff, even though we agree that Scott is a dick and is pretty awful in a lot of ways, in a lot of romantic comedies, there's at least one person who's awful anyway. I mean, I'm thinking in particular, the, the first one that comes to mind is um, is High Fidelity, John Cusack's character. Total dick. Like, really Yeah, I don't awful. like John Cusack. I don't like John Cusack and High Fidelity. I don't, don't hate me. I don't like High Fidelity that much. That's okay. I mean, it's it's not, it's, I mean, it's it's like this movie, actually. Like, I, I, I feel very strongly, I love this movie, but I also definitely understand why you might not like the, the the problems with it why that would make it hard to invest in um it's definitely not it's not something i would say is a universally good movie there's this this flaws <laughs> yeah well and to play to play devil's advocate against myself actually um as someone who now i'm i am um going to make some assumptions based based on stereotypes a little bit based on background knowledge okay. but also based on ter- stereotypes about me i'm going to assume yes that i am rather more well versed in romantic comedies than you are very likely <laughs> um and i mean a lot of romantic comedy characters are super one-dimensional yeah including the central couple you're supposed to be rooting for i mean that's that's like really really common that's kind so, of the, the trope is like know, oh here's two attractive people they smile together oh they might they must have chemistry <laughs> yeah that, and the... it's very often and it's very often like a, a really common one is like she's really good at her job but also clumsy because she has flaws <laughs> and it's like like literally that's always you know um so yeah, I mean it's de- that's definitely not a problem that's unique to this movie. <laughs> so I guess the other thing in terms of the big kind of problem problems with this in terms of the like we're talking about the agency of you know how how much is it really just like the 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 woman is just kind of being passed around you know that he's just fighting up get, basically getting past the men in order to get get to her sort of thing. Um, I don't I don't know. This is one of those things where I kind of wonder if this is. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I feel like that's kind of like a right or wrong that it's sort of a, it's baggage, the kind of, kind of the, the idea of, okay, you're dating someone like 
as as if the history matters. Um, yeah. Uh, when when after the fight with Mae Whitman, they were at like a club at that point, and they went over they went over to the bar, and he said something to her like, "Is there anyone in this bar you haven't slept with?" And I was just yeah. like, "Yeah, that was awful." King classic douche. Yep. I'm gonna punch you in the face, Michael Sarah. Yeah. Like, oh, I hate that so much. And and that but that's kind of the thing where like. Even though it's dickish and awful in a lot of ways, it it feels like kind of the norm to me. Oh, that's definitely the you know, norm. And, and, and I mean, so in that sense, like, it kind of feels like, okay, well, the movie's addressing something that people actually think and talk about. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's not a movie where I feel like I really am invested in the characters either that much. I don't really, you know... <laughs> It's, but at the same time, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't really want to be friends with any of them, right? And at the same time, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to. I'm not sure sure if we're really supposed to actually think at any point in this. Scott is in the right. Just like okay, well, at least he learned that's something. That's a really good point. You know, and I think that's interesting in a way. Like so, so many times in, in movies, right? We're supposed to identify the main character is kind of like either the everyman or someone who's supposed to be, you know so relatable in so many so many ways and we're all supposed to feel good about everything they do and i do like in some sense having a character who maybe it's, i just feel smug and superior but who i can say no that guy's an asshole man i'm so glad i hope i'm not like that uh, i i don't know there there's something uh i don't know there's something interesting about having a hero be someone who who is not overall necessarily a good human being um that's true i i I don't know i just for whatever reason i just i still love this movie i mean i don't think you're gonna be swayed are you (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna be swayed but i understand it because um because i have the same thing with a lot of movies that like have some super indefensible things there's there's uh at least one movie that's already on our future podcast list okay. that I know has some hardcore indefensible stuff in it. And I'm like, I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. I watch it every year. Hint, it's a Christmas movie. Um, and like, I recognize that there's some super problematic stuff, but I love it anyway. And you're, I'm sure you're, there's a really solid chance you're going to be like, seriously, you didn't shut this off after this happened. <laughs> so I get it. I get it that there's there's stuff like that and it's I think it um it it helps for a movie when a movie appeals to like other parts of you I guess yeah other parts of your nature like you you tend to not care as much about about your brain that's saying like there are so many things that are problematic here so for you it's probably you know this a, a lot of this like you know, video game culture, video game and comic book and and the great comedy. And yeah, exactly. Whereas for, um, the movie that I'm thinking of, you know, it's like, it's a romance and it's a musical. It has some really great musical numbers in it. And, um, Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. Okay, it's narrowing it's it down pretty of, quickly. I noticed, <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's just kind of like, it, the movie is Holiday Inn that I'm talking about. Yeah, I haven't about. figured. It's, it's, it'll, be, it'll be in a future episode. Spoiler alert for our future time. podcast. Spoiler alert for <laughs> stuff that we will talk about in the future. Yeah. One of them will but be Holiday I'm Inn. Just, I'm just saying that, you know, that's just one example of like, that's a movie that really plays on a lot of things that I love. Okay. So I'm willing to overlook some stuff that I'm sure you will be like the first thing you bring up in it. Right. That you're like, 
this is not okay. I can't believe you routinely watch a movie like this. So never mind. But well, ba- ba- back to back to the main track. So overall, Emily, as a as the noob for for Scott Pilgrim, would you recommend it to other people or not so much? I think that depends pretty heavily on the person. Yeah. Um. So, like, who would you recommend it to, if anyone? Then. You know, I, I mean, I would. I think I would recommend it to someone who hasn't seen it that that I don't know is like into the right combination of things that they would be like you yeah. able to able to and enthusiastic about like to appreciate the stuff to overlook the, like, the other the stuff the awesomeness the awesomeness of the way the movie's made and and you know not deterred by you know so I'm not going to I'm not going to like blanket recommend it to the whole universe I'm not going to like you know recommend it to to one of my girlfriends the next time we want right. <laughs> to watch a watch a romantic comedy and ball her eyes out on the couch but like <laughs> you'll be balling for different reasons just for, just for the, <laughs> the horrible thematic significance of stuff yeah, yeah. um no i mean I, I think i think that's fair and so i mean is it something that like do you, do you think you would ever watch it again or is it or you kind of feel like no nah, I'm, I'm done <laughs> I kind of think I'm yeah. done. No, I, I, I was yeah, figuring. I, yeah. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't invested in it this time, and I watched the whole thing because, yeah. you know, it's the assignment. But, <laughs> oh, <Mark>. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't. I mean, if if I'm in, I'm not gonna walk out of the room if I'm at in a group situation and somebody puts this movie on. Right. But you know, I don't. You're not like, gonna I choose to watch it. it. I don't hate it, but yeah, I don't. I don't see myself seeking it out. That's fair. To watch again. That is totally fair. Yeah. So, uh, what are we going to be talking about next week? What is my assignment? Well, uh, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting um, diversion. Okay. Maybe. So okay. So we're gonna stick. We're gonna stick with. Um, we're gonna stick with highly stylized. Okay. Oh yeah. By uh, the way, sorry. Before you say your thing. The editing in this movie, I just, I always forget how good the editing is. Sorry, I just, I had to bring, bring it, it is up. Good. It's it is some good. of my favorite editing and is in that any movie. How, is that, um, so the only other movie by... Edgar Wright? Uh, yes. The only other movie by Edgar Wright that I've seen is Hot Fuzz. I have not seen Shaun of the Dead or The World's End. So, uh, Shaun of the Dead is um, definitely on our list. Uh, okay. So, wait, 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 but I have a point. Yeah. So... So Hot Fuzz is very much edited in that like shoop, 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 shoop right. So way. it's like, like an action like movie, fast cuts, right? And it's an action movie, and I figured that that was because it was an action movie that it was done that way because it was spoofing an action movie, but like really, really well um, by being an awesome action movie. Anyway, uh, the my question is, but but there was there was a lot of elements of that in the way this movie was edited too. So my question for you as an Edgar Wright fan is, um, is that is that to some extent like his style or is part that of it. not? Okay. I, 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 that's a big part of it. I think the, the quick cuts of sort of um, trying to get to the punchline before the audience can think it through is a big, big part of his style. And that's really where the editing shines. It's like where he can, he can quickly, he can change scenes three times in the span of 15 seconds just to make sure that he gets there before you do, um, which is something I really, I really dig about the, the, the way that his movies are edited. Um, but it's, different for different movies so if and when we watch Shaun of the dead you'll see it's it's a different different sort of stylized even though it's still very much stylized 
um, and and Hot Fuzz. Interesting. Um, the, the, so the thing with um, he, he he Hot Fuzz is so funny. He reused a joke from Hot Fuzz in this. Where with Hot Fuzz, he wanted to do that parody of the action movie thing. Want to have the intense like lock and load thing. And in Hot Fuzz, they have a couple scenes of uh, detect or Sergeant Angel like filling out paperwork, but with intense rock music and like it's quick cuts of him just like writing a piece of paper or you know putting on his hat or whatever. And they, 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 he reused that same joke for for this movie when Scott Pilgrim is tying up his shoelaces before he heads out. To oh the final yeah, thing. I love that he like slowed down and had to like actually tie his shoelaces really slowly like a normal human who can't tie their shoelaces yeah exactly it's a, like, i always my i can't tie my shoelaces fast it's why they never get untied or tied just, I just kick them off right. my shoes by kicking them on and off um there was something else i was gonna say well i interrupted you before you were just about to say what your highlight no, style is. it wasn't that though no, no 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 it was still it was still in tangent land what was i about to say in tangent land? tangent land i like the name of that Something about stylized, Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead, zombies, hot fuzz, action movies, quick cuts, getting to the joke first. I think that's everything we just talked about. Yeah, I guess. As soon as we stop recording, you will remember. So if that, yeah. if that happens, we, we will turn the recorders back on <laughs> okay. and you will say what you wanted to say. Yeah, I have no idea what it was. All right, so, All right, so let's get um, to your assignment. Highly stylized. Yes. So for our next episode, we will stick with highly stylized, uh, I guess, romance, if you want to call Scott Pilgrim a romance, yeah. and sort of, uh, and watch a movie that is very much about romance, uh, specifically about love. We will be watching Moulin Rouge. I've not seen Moulin Rouge. so Which is the whole point. Yes, it is. I, I know very I little bits and pieces. I know Obi-Wan Kenobi is in it. And I know, for whatever reason, there's a Beatles song in it. But other than that... It upsets me so much that you only know Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. What, what month am I supposed to know him from? Oh, right. Moulin Rouge. Okay. <laughs> Ewan McGregor. Also, Train Spotting. Not seen that. Is that on... <laughs> oh, okay. That's on the Okay. List. Also, uh, being absurdly handsome? Doesn't really matter to me. I don't care. <laughs> He's just so wonderful. Also, uh, Velvet Goldmine, which probably you also wouldn't like for the same reason you don't care about Ewan McGregor being handsome. I haven't even heard of that <laughs> one, so uh, I have heard of Train Spotting. That's probably I should probably put that on the list. You're right. That, yeah. I've heard lots of good. I'm things. not sure. I'm not sure I really qualify as a Train Spotting geek. I mean, I've seen it twice, but yeah. well, whatever. TBD. You should watch it. Okay. You should watch it. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten off topic very quickly. Uh, we're tangent land. Yeah. Uh, did so you did you remember what you were going to say earlier about uh, Edgar Wright and or stylized and or no? No, I have no idea. Bummer. It might have been about Hot Fuzz. I'm not sure. I. Meh. Oh, I know what it was. I we did it. We it did it. Yeah. Have you seen Point Break? I assume yes. you've seen Point Break. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. We're talking uh, well, about I mean... Hot Fuzz. It reminded me of Point Break. And I was like, I really hope you've seen actual Point Break. I actually saw Hot Fuzz before I saw Point Break, but tragedy. Point Break is still uh, a very entertaining movie. I uh... Patrick Swayze <laughs> must be so sad that you <laughs> didn't see Point Break until it was semi-parodied. One of these days, I want to see the the live stage version of Point Break. That's supposed to be uh, a, a spectacle to see. It's... I would also like to see that. They do it in L.A. and they get an audience volunteer to be one of the main characters. It's supposed to be yeah. Which main <laughs> character? I forget. I don't. I think you're not very helpful. I think Johnny. I think I think Johnny Utah is, is, is an audience volunteer each night. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, probably Keanu a better Reeves. actor than Keanu Reeves. Exactly. So oh you know, God, why, why not? So amazing. Yeah. Best it, I, thing. 
Next time I go to LA, I'm going to try and go see that. Anyway, uh, that wraps it up for this week. Join us next time, and we'll be talking about Point Break. Oh, no, sorry, Moulin Rouge. Damn, we're going to be seeing Moulin Rouge instead. They're basically <laughs> the same. It's fine. Okay, same movie. All right, see, see you next time. Oh, and oh, yeah, but before, before we go, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at EJ Reports. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. Okay, I'm, I think I'm officially done with the sign-off. Did I forget anything? No, I think that's everything. Okay. See you next time. Bye-bye. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com. I'll never throw you away When you're old and gray We'll just roll it away